Welcome everyone to episode one of the Business Ed Podcast, where we discuss the intricacies of various business fields and how our Canadian education system influences their attainability. My name is Justin, and I will be your host for today's episode, where we will be covering the topic of business analysts. This is an occupation that I actually plan on pursuing, and with the information I have obtained from four interviews with professionals within this industry, I look forward to educating you all on this career path. So to begin, what exactly are business analysts? For those of you who aren't familiar with the term, business analysis is the interpretation of data through statistical and technological means to create insightful decision-making strategies. It often involves the application of analytical softwares, and for many companies, it is considered the backbone for operational success in terms of internal efficiency and organization. In addition, business analysts are often the sole link between the IT and the business world, and because of this utility, the job has seen a large increase in demand over the last few years. However, the difficulty arrives in meeting the qualifications of becoming a business analyst. During the interviews I hosted, one question I asked was the importance of schooling under a Canadian education system, and the results I attained were quite intriguing. While the educational requirements can vastly differ from a bachelor's to an MBA within a business-related field, grades, surprisingly, were not actually a significant make-it-or-break-it factor given the decently high median pay of $70,000 per year in Canada. In fact, Two of the four interviewees I had talked to had only held a 3.3 out of 4.33 GPA all throughout their undergraduate careers and were offered a business analyst job moments after their graduation. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that school isn't important. Universities are a place where some of the most critical skills for business analysts are learned, but one commonality I observed in my interviews was that schools left a lot of skills to be desired. This is particularly evident for business analyst roles for communication capabilities, problem solving, networking, and the ability to collaborate with others are quintessential components for success. And this brings us to a very vital question of whether business students are being educated with the right skills. On average, business students attend post-secondary for four to five years. Yet, I would dare to say that at least half of the things we learn are forgotten and inapplicable by the time we graduate. This is otherwise a component my education professor, Dr. Charles Bingham, quotes as pedogenonic. So if that's the case, Why are business students obligated to absorb all this irrelevant information in the first place? For one, a large reason is due to the authority our education system possesses, a topic that will be repeatedly brought up over the next 10 minutes. Defined as a sociological possession of power in which one person or group utilizes to facilitate control, schools justify their actions through fear as students are compelled to abide to their demands that ultimately minimize student resistance. This notion is particularly evident by simply viewing the status of our unchanging education system over the last 400 years, where the emphasis on efficiency and memorization of information is prioritized over all interpersonal factors. And I think this really relates to the banking concept brought forth by Paulo Freire. The concept as an instrument of suppression explains how our education system views students as containers where knowledge is simply deposited via the teachings of teachers in a seemingly endless manner. It mentions how schools are mere institutes of repetitive memorization and regurgitation, with the idea that students are incapable of thought. And this, in my opinion, is what truly hampers our development as business individuals. Through the constant cycle of test-taking, we are constantly held by the hand for every step we take, and consequently, we have become so accustomed to relying on instructions that we have lost the ability to think independently for ourselves. I feel like this really speaks to the role of authority and authoritarianism within the education system in that it limits our creativity critical thinking, ability to build relationships with others given the natural establishment of a competitive school environment due to the emphasis of grades, and just our overall ability to think for ourselves. 
which are all aspects that I previously mentioned that business analysts must possess. On that note, experience is another quintessential factor to obtain for any business analyst, something that schools don't necessarily supply by forcing students to copy and paste one's knowledge into assignments and exams. In particular, one piece of advice provided by my interviewees was to be more proactive in terms of picking up applicable skills, and more importantly, applying them in various scenarios, which is advice that I, as an aspiring business analyst, could have definitely used. Currently, I am a third-year business honors student at Simon Fraser University in a supposed four-year program seeking for my first internship. However, one issue I have come across is that I actually lack the adequate skill sets and experience for many of the business analyst job postings that include knowledge regarding software like MySQL and Salesforce. And seeing this, I found this observation to be quite intriguing. As a student who never resisted the teachings of the education system, I always had full faith that university would prep me for the real world, and this was evidently not the case given my situation. This furthermore depicts how universities don't always have the best intentions for students. While universities always preach the notion that students are its first priority, people tend to forget that universities are business institutes that operate to sustain the status quo they have built over the last 400 years since the development of the first school, which is realistically something they can do given the authoritarian influence they possess. Over time, we as people have developed the expectation that school is a requirement to achieve success. And it is this mental mode, along with the fear of marginalization enforced by the educational system, that allows oppressors of society to continuously limit our individuality. With that being said, I am not telling you to drop out of school. Academic achievement has unfortunately become a requirement in today's time and landing a stable future job in many disciplines. However, a different perspective of resolving this issue is to gain relevant work experience outside of school. Whether it's joining business conferences or team, getting internships, or networking with others via LinkedIn, these are all things that you can use to broaden your perspective on reality and develop the pre-discussed concepts of teamwork, collaboration, and so forth, all of which are soft skills you wouldn't otherwise practice within the school environment. Such activities encourage one's creative expression and critical thinking that ultimately nullifies the notion of student mechanicalization that is promoted in school environments where students are told what to think rather than think for themselves. Lastly, my interviewees also anonymously agreed that the ability to understand one's emotion is another extremely valuable skill to have. And this was a particularly interesting observation given the fact that emotional quotient, or EQ, the act of controlling and understanding your own and other people's emotions, is not actually a topic that is truly taught in school despite covering it in principle. In fact, the importance of EQ is so valuable that one of my interviewees quoted, emotional intelligence is the ultimate determinant in one's success as not just a business analyst, but as a businessman in any discipline. And this is actually a concept that is consistent around some of the largest businesses in our world today, such as Tesla and Amazon. According to a study done on Forbes, 90% of high performers in a business workplace possess high EQ, while 80% of the worst performing employees have low EQ. Given this astonishing statistic, why might the education system continuously suppress the teaching? of emotional intelligence and quotient. To explain this, I believe we must trace back to Paulo Freire's banking concept. If you recall, the banking concept involves the treatment of students as machines who are incapable of thought with the core purpose of reproducing quote-unquote ideal members of society who fit perfectly into our social structure. Based on this definition, it is clear that the application of EQ in a school environment will go against everything the system has cultivated over the last few centuries, 
dating back to the first schools in the 1800s. Today, schools emphasize on practicality through repetition to prep students for the real world, and is unfortunately something that people have grown so accustomed towards that any deviation to this current system of quote-unquote learning would not only face resistance, but also disrupt society's current structure. The bottom line to this is that the government and the oppressors of society do not want a populist with emotional thinking. What they desire is absolute conformity for individual purposes and accessibility to the manipulation and molding of students, something that would not be attainable if people started thinking for themselves. And in fact, this is something that Paulo Freire states himself when he quotes that the capability of banking education to minimize or annul the student's creative power to stimulate the credulity serves the interest of the oppressors, who care neither to have the world revealed nor to see it transformed, a quote that contributes to the deliberate ignorance of our education system. Furthermore, even if schools were to teach EQ in a school environment, the concept would be taught in alignment with our education system's current method of constant memorization and regurgitation of information. While there is no doubt that this would be beneficial for students to some degree, a large part of understanding emotional intelligence and emotional quotient is applying it in real-life situations where people can engage and develop their active listening skills, awareness to emotions, management of feelings, and so forth. Thus, as I previously discussed, gaining experience is the only true way of developing EQ, along with the other skills I have previously tackled. And this is the perfect time for us to end off this week's podcast. If it's anything that you have learned today, I hope it is the idea that we must proactively take matters into our own hands when it comes to attaining our business-oriented dreams, especially as a business analyst. As shown from the interview results I have received and my own anecdotal experiences, it is clear that the education system fails to address the importance of critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and the coverage of emotional intelligence, all of which are critical factors in determining a business analyst's success. With reference to Freire's work, we also demonstrated the evident and manipulative flaws our education system yields, and that we shouldn't be afraid to question and challenge the things we learn in school. I am a believer in that we ultimately control our own paths, and that we should not allow an outdated system that focuses on reproducing quote-unquote perfect members of society to define what we, as aspiring businessmen, aim to achieve. With that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Once again, you're listening to the Business Ed Podcast. My name is Justin, and I hope to see you all soon.